0: Jesus. We are in Advent, you know. We have expectation, annunciation, and I wanted to, to, to uh, around this time, an annunciation, the announcement of the birth of, of Christ to come. And I wanted to kind of share with you some thoughts and confirmation. Explicitly, implicitly, and otherwise, throughout the scriptures, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, and the deeds of prophecy, miracles in particular, other circumstances too, there is this sense of confirmation. If uh, Mary is uh, pregnant with uh, Jesus, uh, if the Messiah is going to come into the world through her, if you read various scripture, If you read the historical account, Biblical historical account, the Christmas story as we call it, particularly coming out of Luke, you will see aspect of confirmation. Matter of fact, that confirmation went on throughout Jesus' life, even to his crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. Ascension. It is a perspective. Very uh, common and very uh, part of of religion, Cust- culture, certainly Judaism, and for Judeo Christianity, uh, you know, there's confirmation if someone makes a prophecy, if some great event is going to happen. You know, let the fleas be wet and the grass be dry. and Let the grass be wet and the fleas be dry. You know, uh, confirmation. Uh, You know, how do I know that God is speaking to me? How do I know that God has called me? How do I know that God is sending me? How do I know that God is speaking to me? How do I know this is God's messenger? How do I know this is God's message? It's all over the Bible. There are many aspects of um, of, uh, the the birth of Christ that also uh, being such a significant, maybe one of the most significant events of the New Testament, certainly our belief in Christianity that uh, does take place um, is, of course, the birth of Jesus. Now, a lot of that confirmation would have to come before Jesus was born. And here is this young lady uh, who's betrothed, that is, contractually obligated to marry to Joseph, uh, very Middle Eastern custom, he uh, seems like he's an older fellow. That would be not unusual either. Uh, and she becomes pregnant, and the Holy Spirit has spoken to her, and prophecy been made, and this is something that is declared that it has happened because she has conceived through the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit. But that was a confirmation. And if we put our shoes into Mary's sandals, yes, she, more than anybody else, would want some confirmation. And of course, the, the rumors the kind of bad thing that uh, would make her very, very much ashamed that she had to deal with. So uh, I want to look upon some interesting things this afternoon. I think it would be interesting to you. And um, and let's, let's uh, share a scripture first and this will be Luke 1 and um uh, and starting from verse 39 Luke 1 verse 39 and following Luke 1 and 39 A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. That was her cousin. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth shied within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greetings, the the baby in my room jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. That is, bring a Messiah into the world. Now, uh, let's just kind of go a little backwards. Uh, Elizabeth is a cousin, and she's going to eventually give birth to John the Baptist. She was an older woman, and that in itself was a miracle. And Elizabeth uh, after uh, Mary after uh she discovered that she was uh, pregnant by the Holy Spirit, rushed over to her, and we see confirmation all over this. Why Elizabeth? Well, Zachariah was a priest, a fellow, an older person, and that's part of it. Um, Elizabeth, though having gone through a miraculous uh, impregnation herself, um, you know she wasn't supposed to be her in a children. Uh, that would be another factor. So you put all these things together. Usually confirmations, and like in three parts, you can look at it and see and. Um, You know, know you talk about miraculous impregnation. You talk about Zechariah and prophecy that came to them. And then you look at the fact that um, Elizabeth uh, is filled with the Holy Spirit and John the Baptist um, is is moving around in a womb. Um, so, you know, there's a strong confirmation there if you're looking for it. It's not the only confirmation, of course, in the story of Jesus' birth, but this particular one we want to share this afternoon. Now, the part that I would like to emphasize uh, quite a bit is... Um, to some extent, anyhow, is the first part, verse 39, a few days later, Mary hurried to the the hill country of Judea, to the hill country of the Judea. As you go through the Bible, you look for connections, and connections certainly come to us. We've been sharing on Thursday night, which, you know, I invite people to, you know, the story of David, when you relate it, when you see David's uh, a typology, typology between David and Jesus, you know, people don't want to go there, they kind of draw back from that, or they don't, they don't relate that. David got himself into so much mess and fixes and problems there's so much stuff that you say, well, how, how could he relate to to Jesus? Well, there's aspects of Jesus' life that certainly relates to uh, David and vice versa. And there's some powerful ones. And what I like so much about this typing that we see uh, between Jesus and David as scary as it might be to some people to, to want to accept because Jesus was sinless and David was, he had his big problems, but he had big problems. But there's a, there's a thing that I've written quite a bit about and it's called anti Uh So there's type and there's anti-type and sometimes the opposite does the same thing uh, as typing, as uh, making a parallel, and quite often it teaches us this, some very, very important lessons. Uh, I mean, broadly speaking, I could just say uh, anti-type, anti-typical thing is when you are taught not to do something, and why not to do it? What might be the consequence of not doing it? something that's right in the sight of God, and so forth and so on. The hill country of Judea. No particular town or place is mentioned. And scholars have all kinds of reasons why a particular town was not mentioned. I, in looking at this over the years, I've come to the conclusion, like some other people have, that it wasn't particularly mentioned because it should be obvious to us through the text where it was because of the reason that she went there, and the reason why it would be a place that Zechariah would live. A place where prophets were, a place where priests were, a priestly place, a religious centered place. It's kind of obvious. You don't have to kind of mention the particular name of the place, and then it may be more an area than a place, but it's still the same. And uh, some have suggested one place or the other, and some have suggested name. But I, I, I tend to give a lot of emphasis to Talmudic, in our know, Jewish scholars, rabbis over the centuries, uh, in their commentaries of the Bible. Indeed, it is rich. We learn so much through the Talmud, and uh, no scholar would ever be complete without understanding, reading, and digesting the Talmud as these great scholars over the centuries have commented on the scripture. First of all, you know, in a sense they have a more natural feeling and understanding of the people and the time and the areas and the theology and the religiosity of, 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 of these things. Uh, it's, it's, it's a Middle Eastern, it's a, a kind of relationship that they have with the scripture. Furthermore, they heavily, heavily rely on the original scripture in its original language. And then of course, it just passed down from generation to generation. And going back to David, though, as we were going through uh, David, I think just last week, um, and I, you know, I invite people to join us on the Thursday night at seven o'clock. It's uh, again, it's in this format. It's online. It's streamed and it's on the telephone. We talked and shared about how Absalom, David's son, who seemed that he was an you know, he had a inherited right, so to speak, to his father throne. Really Rebelled against his father. He did some bad things, did some mean things, said some mean things about his father. And then finally, you know, he, 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 he started a rebellion. So came with an army to Jerusalem to overthrow his father. Would you believe it? Such a blessed man, David. And as I said last Thursday night, it uh, doesn't mean that uh, that uh, because of all the wonderful claims that David had done for the Lord and the wonderful relationship that he had with the lord and, and it's people are people even children are children and one need not blame oneself for a whole lot of things that we do uh, it's 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 greater than us, larger than us, and um, God knows. He knows better than we do. But this unfortunate circumstances uh, between Absalom and his father was interesting because he got his army, went to a place called Ebron, and declared himself to be king of Ebron, And that was just another way of saying I'm going to be king of all Israel. Ebron. Right off the bat, I want to say to you that Ebron was one of, historically, it was one of the six cities of refuge, three on the east side, cities of refuge, places that people would go when they inadvertently, when they're un- ignorantly, when they uh, unwittingly uh, committed some kind of offense against another person or against... Uh, or against the Lord, against God. The understanding of hatred and mercy and love and grace is that the law is so apodictic? The law is so, so, so black and white. The law is so unbendable that, that it gives almost or no margin to inadvertent happenings or things that uh, I, I like to use when I teach about you know, apodiptic laws. apodiptic laws mean you do this, you get that, blah, 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 blah. I like to say, well, you know, suppose you throw throwing a stone and I think about biblical times to kill a wild animal or something. And somebody suddenly uh, come up from behind a rock and the stone hit that person and the person dies. The law says, thou shalt not commit murder. Period. The law doesn't have hesed. The law is not about the love of God, His grace and His mercy. So someone, if they were caught in a situation like that, would have to go to one of those cities of refuge. And there are different times and different ways in which the person would deal with. And I know someone might bring up manslaughter and so forth. Well, uh, the law is a law. And at one point, the person could not leave or would not leave that city of refuge until the high priest passed. So that in itself is punishment. But from a human perspective, it is mercy. And and Jesus' teaching goes beyond that. I said last Thursday night that someone said that anyone who teaches love your enemy is your enemy. That person doesn't understand. People who say that they don't understand the love of God, they don't understand it. It is so far reaching into our souls. It seems to defy our common sense. Definitely, our senses, sensibilities, and intellect, and learning. It's this compassion of Jesus. This is it's just, yeah, 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 yeah. So, one of these cities was, as I said, was Hebra. Hebra has great significance all over the Bible. I'm not necessarily going to get into it. This afternoon, I, I I know I've preached and talked about Elizabeth going to Ebron. It's not mentioned there. Somebody might look at verse 9 and say, well, it's not there. It doesn't say. It says the country of Judea. Well, the Talmudic Jewish scholars, many of them refer to it or interpret this as Ebron. And I pretty much have that feeling and that belief. I preach about it, I've talked about it. It was at Hebron that um, the first patriarchs were buried, and uh, the tombs were there. It was at Hebron that, that, uh, you know, we know that Samuel was miraculously born. See, see that all that connection of miracles that happened. You can go through, you know, do uh, a word study of hebron So many significant things happened. So many miraculous things. And here, as I was teaching Thursday night, and and, and here I'm reading. How uh, you know to 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 the class? How Absalom is 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 claiming to be king? If you count the amount of years, the way the the story of David ends, that. David ruled all of Israel, and at and the wonderful summation of David's life, how blessed he was and everything else. He ruled in, he ruled in Ebron for seven years, not in Jerusalem those time. He ruled in Ebron for seven years. Another typology, another understanding of why the rabbinical tradition in the Talmud makes the yeah, Zachariah's house residence. And Hebrew, because is so closely connected to the experiences not only the patriarchs had, not only the the, the prophets had, but with this this son of David, this Jesus that would come into the world, it gave us a connection, right. There, David ruled a long time and died in a wonderful old age, but seven of those years of ruling, he ruled from Hebron, so that's why This confirmation, the confirmation is not just what Elizabeth said to Mary when she went up to the hill country of Judea. The confirmation is with everything throughout the scripture that has been stated about God's mercy and his love because this is an impregnation by the Holy Spirit. From a human perspective, any way you slice it, if it's by the law, just by the law. And here's where you have to kind of check your seat belts. If it's strictly by the law alone, Mary committed a sin especially if you don't believe in the Holy Spirit. But this Annunciation, this Confirmation takes place along with other things at Hebron. This is not a sin that was committed by Mary. This is Hesed, Hesed, God's grace, God's love for us that Jesus would come in
1: to the world
0: to save us from our sins that the law kept and keep condemning us even for things that we don't deliberately or intentionally do only the love of God, His hazard can redeem us from. Amen.